Oh, the problem started a lot before the third quarter. I mean, the first half, we were 6-16 in clearances, 4-20 first positions. Um, the first quarter was the problem. <laughs> and uh, and unfortunately, that puts you on the back foot and you become reactive to, to how you're set up because you need some support. If you're not running the ball around the, around the, around the contest, um, you're, um, you need some support. And then you don't, and then you get outnumbered in the front half, and it becomes a vicious cycle, and um, you become reactive. You need to be winning the ball where it matters. Mm, yeah, I mean, our, our mids didn't touch it much at all in the first half. I think uh, all of our position getters were our defenders, and um, you know those stats is probably not surprising. You know, we just got beaten, well beaten in the middle of the ground. Well, I mean, we've got to start better than that. I mean, we've got to be more. We just didn't win our contests. We just didn't win our contests. And they were better at it than us. And it starts if you don't win, a, win the ball. If you don't win the ball, it's, it's uh, very difficult to, to get proactive in any way. You can't win every week. Sometimes it doesn't all work the way we hope it will. But if you see negative trends and patterns appearing every time we lose, there is cause for concern and conversation. Now, I don't want this to come across as a spoilt supporter making a gross overreaction about the coach after one bad loss, so bear with me if it seems that way. And I'll preface this discussion with, I'm a big fan of Horse. He'll always be a Sydney Swans Premiership coach and a legend of the club. He's taken us to many final series, has an excellent winning percentage as our senior coach. And what I'm about to say, it's not coming from a head-hunting perspective, but I'm a very passionate supporter of the club. And on the True Bloods, we like to question things and work out how things can be done better. Now... In my opinion, it just simply wasn't good enough from upstairs. Last week against the Dogs, Horse talked about somehow finding a way to win. But this week in the post-match presser, all he had for us was, we didn't win the contested ball and therefore we couldn't win because contested ball is the be-all and end-all, blah, blah, blah. I'm not having that. I'm not going to have that. We had more forward entries than the Crows. We had more disposals than the Crows. That in itself proves that we had the opportunities to kick a winning score. Finding a way to win does not happen if your coach stubbornly refuses to change his formula when it's clearly failing. The game is largely about learning and improvement, and it's not just the players that have to keep that in mind. There are lessons from the past that haven't been learned and areas that we must now identify to be improved, and they once again caught us out on Friday night. There were multiple ways to mix up our midfield slash forward structure or properly lock down on some of Adelaide's threats or instruct the players to try a different style of ball movement. We could have won that game off Adelaide's turnovers instead of waiting to get back on top in the stoppages, which never happened. We could have put their back six under pressure by putting Sinclair or Parker, for example, as deep forwards to make Talia, Kelly, Brown and Doday accountable in the air. Of course, removing sinkers and putting towers in as number one ruck isn't going to help us fix the contested ball numbers horse, as we're effectively conceding the centre clearances. But in the game that it was, they were dominating out of the middle regardless. So if we had have changed to Towers' as first ruck, it wouldn't have hurt us too much. And Cal would have not only given some much-needed assistance to Buddy, but it would have demanded a reaction from Don Pike. That's the main issue for me. We never forced them to think about, and still think, think about us and stilt their game style whatsoever. Tommy. Comprehensive. That's, that's one word. Scintillating is another. Yeah. Whack. It's all valid, though, isn't it, Benny? Oh, 100%. I think he echoes the thoughts of not just you and I, Bads, but a lot of Sydney Swan supporters well, around, you, the, uh, around the country. If you have a look at social media, 
people were going absolutely berserk on the weekend, and rightfully so, because we are, you're right, Tommy, in saying that you, you don't want to sound like a spoiled supporter, because we have been spoiled. We don't have these issues very often. We don't have these selection issues and these issues with game plan very often because we win football games. A, we are... We are a top eight side, and we exactly. have been for a very long time. So we, we don't often have to deal with this. So the fact that we are dealing with this now, uh, it does hurt. Yeah, it's, oh, it's hurtful. It sucks. Yeah, it's terrible. It sucks. We now know how Melbourne feel every week. And fortunately it's, for us, we've only got to go through it just this once, or maybe twice. We'll, we'll wait and see. Hopefully, hopefully it's not systemic is what I'm trying to get at. But uh, Tommy. Tommy, very well done. As a singer, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Well, this is True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast, and today on the show we will be discussing our review of the Round 5 loss to the Adelaide Crows, which we're not happy about, but the preview of the next game is the silver lining in this this Saturday against Geelong at the GMHBA Stadium, which we like so much. Cadinia Park. That's a mouthful, Cadinia Park. My name is Tom Flanagan, and I'm joined, as always, in the Podular Media studio by Madison Clark and Ben Andrew. Boys, there's a few big questions to be answered after oh, Friday night. That'd be putting it lightly, Tommy. Oh, it was it was pathetic. It was not enjoyable mm. to be sitting there watching, let me tell you. Yeah, you were there. You were at the SCG, Benny. I was, and there was nothing wrong with the atmosphere, let me tell you. That was not inhibiting anything from the uh, from the coach's perspective, let me assure you. Mm. And and that is that is the clear focus obviously of my opening rant there the uh, well the players uh, you can you can say well Rampy uh sorry, well Parker um Kennedy Hanabry had down nights out of the middle of the ground. But when that happens, you do have to find a way to react. You can't just sit on your hands and go, oh, well, we didn't win the contested ball in the first quarter. Let's just give up the game. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And that's been the gripe. We, we've seen it you know, all through last year, especially when we were 0-6. People start to say, he's so one-dimensional. You know, um, it's just a scenario where you, as we said before, the game evolves. You need to evolve with the game. You need to make changes and be agile during the game, not just wait until you look over the videotape at the end of the week. And I mean, he, it's, he seemingly doesn't even do that at the moment. Maltas was boundary line all day, every day, and it took them to a flag. Mm. Hawthorne had rolling rolling zones and all kinds of things. And even our side, back in 2005, 2006, we had Defensive. the flood. yeah. You know, the, these are the, they are combative game styles, and the fact remains that it it the strategy is a massive, massive part of of this game, and there is very, very real criticism of Horse well, uh, that he that he doesn't adapt. Let's let's unpack that though, Tommy. What were you going to say? Well, it, it is just that it's at multiple times during the game. I'll identify the breaks as really important times of the game, the quarter time, yeah. half time, three quarter time break. He's got time with the players to change things, to alter the flow of the game, to put the magnets in different positions, to yes. give different instruction. And at none of those breaks or at any point during the game was it evident that changes had been made to the structure, mm -hmm. changes had been made to the roles, changes had been um, instructed to the players about ball movement. It just wasn't there. And in a game that that was, when you're getting beaten out of the middle anyway, certain risks has to get taken if you're going to be a chance to get back into it. And none of them were. We played it safe, didn't we? Yeah, and it just wasn't the night for that. Mm. No, and 
look, there is a lot to say for the fact that he is able to rely on an extremely talented group of, of men. And at one point, we were within three points, and you mentioned the rundown uh, just earlier, Mads, of when we kicked five, six behind so in the, from, 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 from about the 11-minute yeah, mark of 11, the fourth quarter. From the 11-minute mark, we had about eight shots. And unfortunately, you will always rue the chances. I mean, you look at how Adelaide kept us in that game yeah. in, the, uh, in the first quarter because of their inaccuracy. Well, we actually finished up level on behinds. Yeah. yeah. Or just shy uh, of. That's not the only stat that we ended up on top of. We had more inside 50s. We had more disposals. We only just lost clearances. Exactly right. So we were in the game. We got it to three points at one stage in that third quarter. It was right on. And we had an opportunity to take that game by yeah. the scruff of the neck, do something to make Adelaide think about us instead of just allowing them to run their game, game style. See, here's the thing, though. That was, we had, a, as we were saying before, Benny, when we were off the air, um, we had our tails up at the end of the third quarter and we let, yeah. them, we let them kick the first three goals of the final quarter. How do you expect to win a game when you allow them, allow their big tall forwards to kick the first three of the final quarter in a game where you've been nowhere near it? All night, and and we still only lose by ten points. That so, flat, it flattened the crowd too. I, I'm sure it would have. It flattened the crowd. Yep. I unfortunately happened to be sitting within the proximity of pretty much the only Adelaide supporters in the ground. <laughs> so unfortunately, I got a fair, I got a fair earful. Uh, just wasn't wasn't a pleasant uh, wasn't a pleasant start to the fourth quarter. And you know what? Did didn't fill anyone with confidence, and instead it gave us all. Panic attacks uh, yeah. at the end of the fourth with uh, with desperate marks to Heaney, who uh, unfortunately on this occasion couldn't convert. Uh, and that should not be mistaken as a dad at Heaney. He had an, an he absolutely had spectacular had game. Spectacular game. And it is not on him to to drag us over the line. No, nor is it on any one player. Any one player. It's, it's a team sport and everybody needs to, to do it together. And our mids just didn't fire and, and we'll, we'll chat about that. Yeah, well, that was a big thing. I've touched on it before. Parker, Kennedy, Hanbury didn't have a uh, massive influence on the contest. But Parker, Parker from, a, from a game perspective, I actually thought was... He was okay. Was okay. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't getting the big numbers in the middle that we Hanabry, expect from him. Is clearly not right. He needs yep. to be in the needle or not uh, at all. Effectively, just not at all. Yeah. He needs yeah. to be off the field. He's not up to the speed of the game. Uh, JPK, it's you can't you can't knock him, but he's not fi- he's not firing. No, he's not. That well, was not that so, was his yeah. that was he hasn't had the strongest start to to a season, but also by the same token. He's he's in our best side every yeah. single time. That, that for me is another horse issue. If JPK's down on form in the middle, we need to find another way where we can get a lot out of him. Oh, he, there's no reason why he can't play centre half forward. You like, pull Buddy into the midfield. There's no reason why he can't play deep forward out of the goal square and still be really effective. This yeah, this goes back, Tommy, and we've talked about this. This goes back to the semi final against Geelong last year. Patrick Jane Dangerfield was. Put deep forward. What do you do? Kick three goals in yep. the first quarter. JPK can do that as Richmond well. Richmond do it with Dustin Martin yeah. very effectively. There's no reason why Parker and Kennedy can't be 
in similar roles in our forward half, especially when you've got Franklin, Heaney, Mills, Jones, Papley, all capable of moving into their midfield slots Absolutely. and doing damage to the opposition. Another question I've got, I would have personally for Horse is why do you continue to allow the players to just line up, buddy? Yeah. Because yep. it yep. happened again. Yep. And every time that ball went to him, minimum two, mostly three. Yep. Mostly three yep. blokes on him. It was that press that they had as yep. well made it so congested. And, I mean, I think the, fir- the first intelligent thing I've heard Kane Corn say is that we've got... <laughs> We've got our uh, got our buddy blinkers on, and we do. We there is there are other options. If there's three guys on buddy, there is theoretically two other free men in the Ford Fifty yeah. that you've got to hit up. And to, but for mine, none of them our, are a target our, though. The no, way, we, the way that the we thing. set up, none that's, of them are a target. That's the thing. It's about the structure. At, I look at the list that we had on the ground, and for mine, Gary Rowan has to be the second lead-up target of mm-hmm. the players that were there. Mm-hmm. Instead, I look down the other end of the ground and he's sitting loose behind the Adelaide forward line. That is not the place to play him. It's not. The kid needs to run and he can kick bloody goals. And because the ball was in our forward 50 so much, he is a waste down there. And he's out of sorts. He doesn't. This is a kid who thrives on confidence and we're putting him in a completely unfamiliar position. At one point, I'm pretty sure he did drop a mark and conceded, that conceded a goal. At the end of the day, there was, for mine, a number of, of big issues and big decisions. And Tommy, I love your one about throwing Callum Sinclair forward yeah. and just saying, who cares if we concede the centre clearances? Let's back our mids to get it going anyway. And let's just see if we give Don Pike something to think about. There are a number of decisions that needed to be made that weren't mm. and a number of decisions that were made that I think were just completely incorrect. And even that if, also extends to the umpires. Well, even if we did um, concede the Senate clearances and we, we weren't able to back our midfield to win that battle, we could have won the game off half back. Our, our ball use... Lloyd was spectacular. Lloyd was fantastic. Jared McVeigh's McVay ball was use is unbelievable. fantastic. Rampy's ball use is fantastic. I don't see why... Um, and we looked slow as well. That's we, another thing. Why, why, the, the first why? quarter was just we looked so slow. But how can you when you've got the options at your disposal with the pace that they do? Like, I can't see why Rowan, Papley, Jones, Cunningham, Cunningham and Haywood. They're Florent, absolutely Florent, Florent, yeah. lightning quick, these guys. That's the thing. They're all, you know, future uh, outside mids at the end of the day. And they could have been used. They got used in the same way they always get used their half forward winger, you know, half half midfield pressure, half forward lead up target types throughout the night. Why couldn't you bring them into Adelaide's defensive half? I know it goes against what you're saying with Rowan and run through them, run through them instead of playing this, okay, let's just bomb it long to the boundary and look for a stoppage style game style that we did all night. Every time we kicked inside 50, it was either the buddy, to buddy in a four-on-one yeah. where he'd get smashed or it was wide to the boundary, just no purpose to the ball movement whatsoever, just looking for a stoppage, and then, and then when we which go we're to losing. The, exactly. And then when we go to the boundary, we've got Cal Sinclair has been jogging up and down the ground for half a game. He's absolutely stuffed and we don't win the clearance. So... Begs, begs belief. Yeah, absolutely. I think another another point to take into consideration, and I hope I'm not sort of backtracking on myself here. At the end of the day, we went into that game 
with three wins and one loss. If there is a game that you're going to be able to try these sorts of things, like throwing a, a, a lightning quick... Um, put Cunningham midfield. in the midfield. Mate, do put something. him in the midfield. Yeah. This is when you do it. Yeah. This is when you do it. But unfortunately, it was, as we've said, same. same old, same old. Mm. If pa- Hands off and let's let the boys get it done. If Parker, Kennedy, the boys get it Hanabry aren't winning the ball in the middle and the rest of the mids are getting sucked into the contest to support, we should have identified that, by the way, on the multiple occasions that Clarkson's done that to yes. us over yeah. the past. Uh, send those boys forward. Send Parker, Kennedy, Hanabry forward. Yeah, Benny, you're saying Hannah's comes out of the side altogether, but uh, send, yeah. send those guys forward. Get a fresh midfield mix. How much would Zach Jones want to be on ball? Yeah. He wants to be on ball. He, he, want... he was a shining light. It was fantastic, was Zach. Your man, he, fantastic. your man was fantastic. He, he, he took the game on when no one else wanted to. Mm. And that, that's the thing. You, you need to do something different in those circumstances. Gets physical. Yeah. Love him. One of my biggest issues was the lack of respect that we paid to Adelaide's guns. Yeah. Tex um, Walker, namely. Yeah, well, he's, he's won, but more so probably off halfback. Um, I, I was very frustrated with how much ball we allowed their outside runners off halfback to damage us with. Mm. And I thought Led that... killed us. I, and, Led and, absolutely sliced us okay. and diced us. And despite saying we got killed out of the midfield, we got killed out of the midfield horse, he failed to identify that between Laird, Atkins, Gibbs and Seedsman, they had mm. 102 disposals and got four goals, goals out of those guys. Yep. That, for me... It didn't get a mention in the press conference. Horst didn't mention that once, that outside run of Adelaide and their intercept markers off half-back. The amount of uncontested intercept marks they got off half-back, that was not identified in the press conference. And that, for me, is a real worry. We, we surely have to see that the ball use from those guys and the intercept marking from the, the taller blokes in the back half are the big threat, more so than you're losing out of the middle because I thought our back six were set up pretty well for most of the ball that they no, won out of the middle. They were actually, yeah. they were pretty bloody phenomenal our back six. It was us going the other way with shocking forward entries and and those forward entries sometimes, if it was went out of bounds, Adelaide would win it back at the contest. If it was not out of bounds, it was straight down one of their intercept yeah. markers off half back and they give it off to Laird, they give it off to Seedsman and off they go to the races to set up another successful forward foray. That was the bigger problem than getting beaten out of the middle. For Basically me. went all the way to Royal Randwick. <laughs> I, I was there, trust me. Uh, what I'm hearing you say, Tommy, is effectively the things that we should have been doing, Adelaide were doing. Let's get into solution mode, though. What, it's a structural issue. It comes back to a structural issue mm-hmm. for, for mine. and We've been harping on about this. You have been particularly vocal. And, well, well yes. Yes, I have. You need another tall forward. Yep. So that's need that's another that's, tall forward. That's number one. Uh, it seems it's either, our options are now limited to two players. Correct. It's either Cameron or McCartan, and it it has to happen because again, you you, you made the point before. Yeah, we can give away uh, winning the ball in the centre and just stick towers in the ruck and let Chief go down and and help out Bud, but. Why not bring in Darcy Cameron? I've no problem with that, and I'm a big fan of yeah. bringing in Darcy to release Chief Ford. But the, the the issue still remains 
on game day that we can't manoeuvre things around. Like if Darcy's not there, he's we still not, have to find not which he wasn't last week. Yeah, you still yeah. have to find a way to yeah. manoeuvre around, and that for me is the big issue that came out of last week. Definitely this week, bringing Darcy Cameron. One hundred percent. I want to see Cal in the goal square. But that yeah, horse owes us that. Not that much. Yeah. But yeah, it's not so much about selection as it is how we react and restructure to the ebbs and flows when we're put under pressure yeah. during any given game. Yeah. yeah. If we're under the pump and our standard system isn't going to get us out of it, there needs to be a willingness to take that risk and adapt to the contest. Even if it means we end up losing by more, we at least give ourselves a chance of turning the tables and putting the pressure on the opposition to readjust their structure, think about what we're doing and not just let them free will. You would think it's unlikely that he's going to do that. At this stage, though, wouldn't you? It, yeah, it seems... But he um, hasn't up until this point. If I was to say three things to Horse, first one would be respect your opposition's gun players. Put some time into them, i.e. send Hewitt to Laird. Maybe do that and put someone else on Gibbs because we've got plenty of midfielders that can go head-to-head with Gibbs. Maybe put Hewitt on Laird because he's a very good lockdown sure. player and Laird's going to get 40 if we don't. If the contested ball isn't going our way, this is the second one, don't give up hope of coming up with a solution to work mm. it out. You got. He shouldn't have to be reminded. Two weeks ago, Buddy Franklin went into the midfield and absolutely and dominated the GWS Giants. Yeah. I can't understand how that can happen two weeks ago and he can just forget about that option in the game on Friday night. Of course, you have to take a risk to bring Buddy out of the forward half and we're left with no tools unless we send Cal down deep. But it's a risk that you might have to take to give yourself a chance. And the third one is... Cal's not going to take three defenders in no. the air. They're not going to send three no. defenders to him. No, exactly. They he's don't a need very, to. He's a very good mark. He's, no, yeah. he's a very good mark. But, yeah. He's not, he as, does, he's not going to command the kind of attention. He doesn't look does. as dangerous as many times. And their intercept markers can't play as high up the ground as they did because they have to go back to the goal square to defend a 200-centimetre bloke that yeah. can mark Cal. Yeah. Um, and, and the third one, if I was to say a third one, it'd be you've got to manoeuvre the players to create dominant matchups, And it is exactly the crux of what we're talking about. Sinclair to full forward. Manoeuvre the players that you've mm. got to create a dominant matchup. If, if Sinclair's at full forward, they have to send one of their players to him or two of their players to him. That is a win for us. You've got to create little wins all around the ground to win games against good, hardened sides that are well coached like Don Pike's Adelaide is. And we didn't do that. Yep. Well, it's, you know... That's the reason we always lose to Hawthorne. It is, isn't it? Yeah. We get our coach. We get our coach every time. Yep. They, it, the, they target our best players, um, and then the rest of our midfield gets sucked inside to support our best players who aren't getting yep. things done. And then they chip and then it around. Are, Hawthorne are able to spread us yep. completely, and then we're gone. Yep. Um, and it, it is a big issue, but... Yeah, there were ways to win that game on Friday night instead of adapting, but instead of adapting to the style of game that it was, we stubbornly persisted again with the yeah. only way we know, horse's way. Plan A. Plan A. There's no even there's no hint of plan B. <laughs> there is no plan B. So much We're talking about a potential plan B. So much for finding a way to win. Yeah. Somehow yeah. finding a way it to fl- win. It flies absolutely in the face of everything he said last week, doesn't it? It does. But we, we do. It, there's still a positive. It, it is just one game. The Swannies are still one of the strongest lists in the comp, and we have time to fix it. We there's do. There's plenty of this season left for us to fix the things that have done wrong, but it comes from learning and a willingness to learn. The coaching group has to get better at the things that they've failed at in the past. Yeah. Why don't we, um, why don't we take a break, and we'll come back and uh, probably talk, talk more about this, to be honest. But... Uh, have a have a couple of dead breaths and we'll go. This is go True Bloods. Them. 
You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back to True Bloods. And now, boys, that was a pretty fiery opening. Scathing oh, review. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, but it had to be done. A couple of barbs. We like it. But uh, Honest. There's always a couple of good things that happen with the Swannies win, lose, or draw. And uh, a couple of uh, positive players that we saw on the weekend. The return of Gary Rowan, oh, I think. Um, that that is a, was a delight to see. To see Gary up and about. And it, it was a fantastic moment when he put through that goal. Benny, I watched that and I was very, 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 very happy for Gaz. But I can't imagine how it would have been at the SCG. It was a standing ovation. Mm. And to see all the players get over to him, the crowd was never louder, even when we started making our charge back into that game, uh, which, in fact, that was almost the beginning of, yeah, because uh, that was a sort of midway through the third term. Uh, it was it was just fantastic to be a part of that. Yep. And to watch that ball sort of spill off the pack and into his hands, just around the body. And you know what? As soon as it's in Gary's hands, it's... For all his flaws, it's... it's he knows, not, knows how to find the big sticks. So. Knows how to find the big sticks, Mads. It's never in doubt. Mm. So big, big ups to, to Gary. Uh, not only for the return and... Such uh, a quick return for the circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. But also, you know what? Solid game. Yeah, definitely. For what, we, for what we need out of him, and as I said, I think he was actually played incorrectly, he had 10 touches and two goals. And, and, that's, when, and, and and it was the it was his set shot that uh, came after the three Adelaide goals. And again, steady the doubt. ship. Yeah, it was never in doubt. It was straight straight out of the umpire's hat. Yep, it's got an amazing ball drop. Just nothing goes wrong. Yeah, it's just it's a, traditional. It's a beautiful set shot, and yeah, fantastic. Just have Gary back in the team after the couple of weeks that he's had. Um, it, yeah, fantastic to see him. It says a lot about the culture of the place. I know it gets harped on about, but it must be such a family-like atmosphere mm. to, after that sort of thing happens, to just go straight back to the club because obviously that's going to make you feel good and you're going to feel at home. Again, it's a, a testament to the way they run things down there. And the Sydney Swans community and the wider football Absolutely. community in general. Take it back to uh, Little Luella, I think it was. Yep. Luella yep. McVeigh. And... With the cats at the peak of their powers at the fortress, yep. Kedinia Park, and we went down there and we it was a massive upset. Yep. It was a massive upset, and to be honest, it was again similar scenes when Gary kicked that goal. It was just uh, an atmosphere that filled the stadium with everyone getting involved and everyone cheering, and it, it was a really great moment. Yeah, it's a really great part of the game. As we like to do every week on True Bloods, we like to do our votes, uh, which are collected on the True Bloods Facebook page by the followers of the True Bloods Facebook page. Um, and this week, uh, one vote goes to a man who just dominated off halfback, really is one of the shining lights in terms of ball use throughout the night. Uh, 28 disposals and 557 metres gained. Benny, oh, what do you think of this man? Wackadoo. I relate a lot to this man. <laughs> He and I both bear the same burden. 
We both share two first names. <laughs> Jake okay. Lloyd. Jakey Lloyd's game was absolutely smashing. Wasn't it? He was, again, when it's so easy to, to, to sit back and view every negative, God, he was just fantastic. I loved it. And Slick to be honest, ball user. To be honest, I look at who's ahead of, him in the, ahead of him in the votes, and I completely agree with that. I just think he's extremely stiff. Yep. <laughs> I think he's really stiff, Tommy. Uh, the two vote was your man, Mads. My man. Your Tough man. as a cat's head. He sure is. Zach Jones. Takes the game on, which we like. He Hard does. Hard as a cat's head. Love it. 27 disposals, nine of which were contested. 452 metres gained, seven inside 50s. Not sure they went anywhere, though. And one goal. So... What I love personally about Zach Jones's 452 metres gained is the amount of which is ball in hand. Yeah, correct. Just runs. Yeah. Puts it under his, Gut puts it under his arm and takes the game on, as you said, mate. He'll get and caught. Like, He'll get caught, but... Oh, you take it every day of the week. Every day of the week. And especially, off, in, especially under losing circumstances. Yes. And off the back of that comes eight score involvement. Yeah, exactly. Off that daring, risky dash and run, he's able to set up things for us forward. Yep. Three now, votes, Mads. Tom, Tommy, who got the three? The three votes was the uh, 2012 Premiership captain and, and absolute superstar in the back half, the, the general back there, Jared McVeigh, 26 disposals. Eight contested, seven inside fifties, eight intercept possessions, fourteen pressure acts, five hundred meters gained. Now five hundred meters gained. This is a farewell tour, and in the last couple of weeks, I've, I've maybe been thinking maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe maybe we need to get <laughs> one more. We get one more out of He's John brilliant. John Farnham just keeps on going. Oh, he, he, good. I mean, look, covered the second most kilometers. That's unreal in the team. What an effort. Maka. And you a, wouldn't think he should be, should he? <laughs> it's probably not how you want it, but the man's that a, is absolutely phenomenal. The, and, the man's a pensioner. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a man. He's got kids and all kinds of stuff. The, the fact remains, look, you probably don't really want him doing that much, but it's probably one of the contributors to why his form has come back. Yep. You know, you, you talk about giving people a run, like literally, oh, run, get him out there, chase the ball and see yeah. what happens. So he can cover as much ground as he wants, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. The four votes, uh, if McVeigh's not the general in the back half, then this man certainly is the work. One of my men. He was oh, put, yeah. put, under the pump, put under the pump more than anyone the other night and he, he responded and des- thoroughly deserving of the four votes. 22 disposals, seven contested, eight marks, 10 pressure acts, 421 metres gained, few intercept possessions in there as well. Dane Rampey. The great Dane. The great Dane. And you want to talk about our back six being one of the few highlights of oh, our, yeah. of our yep. performance on Friday night. Well, in the first half, when they were really, really under fire, it was this man. Yep. 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 He was a standout. He had 15 touches at halftime. And despite everything, the back six was really resilient. All game. The whole night. Yep. The whole night. So you've got to give it to the back six. They were probably our best six. Um, Do indeed. And the five votes, once again. Mads. 19 disposals, 11 of which were contested. Four inside 50s. How many score involvements? Oh, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Eight tackles. Five score involvements. A few pressure acts. 23, in fact. Wowee. 
Is it, uh, two, two, two and three or two, twenty-three? Two, two, followed by a three. Put them together. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Acts. Man can that pressure. Is, that is phenomenal. And one goal. Yep. And one goal. Should have kicked three, probably, but no, solid. No, but I would say could have won us the game. Yeah. And that's not a knock. Yep. Kicked a goal and almost could have stolen the game for yep. us. And changed the tone of this uh, this pod. Wouldn't that be? Wow. <laughs> Who wow. was it, Mads? Haney. Isaac. And another five, another BOG. So that's... Um, he's, he's hit the leaderboard, the, the top of the leaderboard, hasn't he? He has hit the front, and we will get to the leaderboard in just one moment, but there's a couple of other honourable mentions that I thought we might uh, sneak in as a stiff to miss. Uh, I thought Harry Marsh's game was pretty solid, 24 yeah. disposals off half Keeps his spot. He, he, he absolutely he's, copped it on social media. He's, he's not the most talented player, and he is going to cop it for Never that will from be. a few nuffies. Yeah. But, Never will be. But he is a fantastic, solid. diligent lockdown defender. He positions himself well. He uses the ball okay. He makes good decisions. Keeps Beyond, his spot 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Beyond serviceable. And the other one was Will Haywood. Uh, just... It, it was pretty handy with his uh, work in the forward half, but the stat I liked was 25 pressure acts from the young man. Yeah. yeah. So like if, you're not kicking go- if you're in the forward line, you're not kicking goals, those pressure acts are your barometer as far as I'm concerned. It led uh, our whole team for pressure acts on the weekend. So we do turn our attention to the leaderboard, and it is Isaac Heaney who's rocketing oh. away to 19 votes and the lead. Uh, trailing him is Buddy Franklin in second place with 15 votes. Luke Parker with 10. Rampy and McVeigh tied for fourth with six votes. Sinclair with five. He's just <laughs> roaring up. Just quietly also, Isaac Heaney currently 81 to 1 for the Brownlow. Have a look at that. Have a gamble responsibly. No, not the widget. Gamble responsibly, exactly right. <laughs> uh, that's, sing- always worth, that's always worth a 10. Yeah. That is always worth a 10. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Heaney. Any day of the week. Uh, Sinclair, five votes. Kennedy, four. Lloyd, three. Jones and Mills, two. Florent, Haywood, Smith, one. So that is uh, the, the votes on the True Bloods Player of the Year. Uh, next, in the second segment, we always like to get into a little bit of social interaction uh, on the True Bloods podcast. And... We like uh, having a look at our greatest one of the past 25 years competition that's been going on for a few weeks now. Last week's battle was Macca taking on Crezza, Jared McVeigh and Darren Creswell. And, well, it was a bit of a blowout, wasn't it, boys? See you, Daz. Yep. Thanks for coming. No one will remember you. <laughs> 244 I mean, they remember the player, but they won't remember you in this, in this in the, in the, Under these circumstances. The greatest <laughs> one of the past 25 years competition won't be remembered. Um, Thank you, Bags. Darren Creswell, 244 games, 208 goals, 1994 Bob Skilton medalist, 1997 All-Australian, Swans Team of the Century member, out. Jared McVeigh, 304 <laughs> games, 199 goals, 2013 All-Australian, two-time Skilton medalist, 2008 and 2013. And, of course, the 2012, 2012 Premiership, Premiership Captain. Captain. Which we all like. <laughs> I thought you were going to leave that out for a second. No, I thought, wow, I can't no, wait I... to correct you on this one. No. <laughs> no, okay. Not so fast. Can't get enough Tommy of that funny. phrase. Anything that's got 2012 Premiership in it, I'll say it over and over again. <laughs> uh, well, and that brings us to our next battle in the uh, greatest one of the past 25 years competition. It is this week. Well, the big man. With the, the big man from uh, the 90s, Tony Lockett, Mr. 1300, oh, plugger. Who's getting belted this week? Taking on Wayne Schwoss, another superstar for the Sydney Swans, uh, midfield champion. I reckon he's... 
I'll give him he's, 81 to 1. He is fighting an uphill battle I'll this week. I'll give him 81 to 1. He's fighting a <laughs> he's real just, uphill battle this I'll week, tell you Shorter. What, this has Sorry, seen Shorter, a, for putting you against This first round has just seen a few absolute sacrificial lambs. Yep. Yep. Like, <laughs> to the is, slaughter. Oh, God. Oh, LRT. Good Lord. We were hopeful with LRT. As got I've absolutely Duke Bolton got smashed. <laughs> As I've told you, Barry Hall got KO. Hallie, KO. <laughs> who'd have seen it? Who'd have seen that coming? Honestly, uh, Lockett's going to absolutely romp this in. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Schwoss actually doesn't get a vote <laughs> because anyone who is picking Ryan Schwoss over Tony Lockett, yeah. nothing. Yeah, or family member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. Tell you what, even if even if he was my brother, I'd, I'd probably still wait for Lockett. I'd be like, plug up. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, we also posed a question to the great people of Facebook. Now, I think it was a reasonable question. I think it's probably... A lot, a lot of people have vented their frustration. I think that's fair um, because it was a pretty ugly loss. But... It is very early in the season. We do notoriously start very, very, very slowly. And then, look, we're not 0-6. Oh, sorry, 0-4. Um, so the question was, was it just an off night or do we need to make changes? Now, there was a great deal of engagement. A bit of reaction. From uh, the True Bloods faithful. Um, so I'll read through one of them. Damien Arnold. I hope it was an off night. Came up against a team with something to prove and our midfield just didn't turn up. I think it happens too often, though. Past GFs, final against Geelong. Absolutely agree with you there, Damien. Would be nice to trial a second tall option in the forward line, Cameron or McCartan. But if the midfield can't get hands on it slash improve the delivery, another forward option won't help. Thank you, Damien. Benny, have you got one there? Good comment there. We need a different forward strategy for the SCG and any of the smaller grounds. On big grounds like the MCG slash Optus Stadium, we can let Buddy play one out in the forward 50 and burn defenders. Let's be honest, there isn't really one that can go with him one-to-one. Who said that? Mac, uh, Mike Paxman. Thank you, Mike. Tommy? Yeah, well, we had uh, Dean Spanos. Saying, oh, jeez. Uh, this, this was an essay. I love this a one. A bit of an essay. I'll, re- <laughs> I'll read a couple of Dean's points. He had a few things to say. More of this, please, Dino. Uh, relying on Buddy too much, booting it down to him nine times out of ten is making us very predictable. He isn't yes. a big mark of the ball. We're just lucky he's playing as well as he is. Otherwise, we would be a lot worse off really missing Reed or another big forward to clunk them. Spot on. Also, not enough midfield firepower. Right now, Parker uh, Heaney playing pretty well. Kennedy down on form. Uh, Hanabry and Jack have been ineffective all year. Gee, it's rough on those boys. They have uh, been. They have been relative. Oh, Jack's had a couple of good games. Hannes has been off. Uh, both those blokes are a shadow of what they used to be. If we had some fresh blood to replace them, I'd say stick them in the Magoos so they can learn how to get a touch again. Oh, Dean Spanos sounds like my dad. Ooh. It's fair call, though. Oh, it's a very fair whack. Yeah, agreed. Who comes in for Kieran? If, let's say, McCartan mm. or Cameron come in for Hanabry, for example, who comes in for Kieran? It's tough. I think it's tough to drop Kieran. He's Played a couple of good games this year. I think he's got to give him a little bit more, probably. And let's face it, kick ugly the goal of his career <laughs> from the boundary. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was... No one saw that coming. And yeah. he was our player of the finals last year as well. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't drop Kieran yet. I'd drop Hanabry, though. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah, I'm fine with that. Grave concerns over yeah. Hanabry at the moment. Give him, give him a... 
month off, two months, three give months. Him, give him a spell. Well, How old is he? 26. 27 this year. That's uh, young. Yeah, absolutely. My For mine, though, you think back to a conversation that we had very, very early on around, hey, if we don't need Hanbury, let's not rush him back. Yep. Well, yep. we've rushed him back. And he's underdone, yeah. and he's absolutely nowhere near the pace yep. of the game. Yep, yep. And that's not a knock on him because he's out there. He's, he's busting he's his arms. Carrying he's an injury. He's, he's carrying an injury. Yeah, carrying an injury. 100%. But the man, you've got to let him recover so that he can give us the, the output that the team needs. Yeah, we probably should have learned from the 2016 grand final not yeah. to play injured players. Um, Seem to have not. Uh, <laughs> I hope you heard that, Mr. Harley. Peter... <laughs> <laughs> Peter Oates said Darcy Cameron needs to come in to give Sinclair a chop out. Sinclair's been masterful, but worried he'll get burnt out Sinclair and injured. Sinclair looked rooted he by did. the end of the game, and fair enough. Would you? Fair enough. Maybe a, maybe a rest down forward. Needs, yeah, perhaps. Maybe one of those. Horsey, you're listening. It'd be the Good first Lord. time. It'd be the first time that a ruckman has ever rested in the forward line. Also, <laughs> so you, can, you oh. can't be surprised why they haven't done it yet. You know? Trailblazer horse would be just <laughs> got this oh, great geez. idea. He's going to float forward for ten minutes, rest a little bit. I need the big clunk to go down yeah. and start getting a couple of grabs. Oh, I want him to kick five. I want him to kick ten. Mm. I want him to kick sixty for the season. Now, hang on. I'm going to call someone out here. Luke Whippy. <laughs> what Luke said? Luke. Oh, Luke. Come on, Luke. Oh, there was a, there was a few face. There was a few face palms going around yeah. at this point. Yeah, it was. I'm sure it would have been late into the evening. Probably a, a few Jim Beam and cokes down. Luke <laughs> may have been, but uh, and I quote: "Short a few tall forwards." Now you can't argue with that, Luke. Absolutely not. Sinclair needs to stand up or piss off. Luke, frankly, Ooh. I think you need to piss off because on, that's that absolutely outrageous. That is, bla- on, that is blasphemous. Come on, Luke. There's, there is no person trying harder than Callum Sinclair. What I would like to ask, though, is does Luke realise that Dean Towers is our second up <laughs> man at the moment? So if we get rid of Cal, I really don't know who else is going to... Step up in the rock. Um, John Lua had a crack at him. He said, sorry, Luke, but I disagree. Callum is always trying his heart out and is aggressive. Look at the look on his face when he attacks the ball or the opposition. And he's played good to date. He is a good mark and, and Cannon has kicked goals. We need him. Calm the bloods. Sunglasses emoji. Thumbs up emoji. Don't mind that one. Love the sunglasses heart emoji. Heart and soul. Love it. Did see this one from Chris May. If Heaney kicks straight in the last, we're all cheering red and white. No time for knee-jerk reactions. Geelong next week. Let's just get on with it. <laughs> That's a fair call. It is a decent... There's a bit of it merit is. to that. There's, there's a bit of merit to that. I that's, that's, I don't hang the loss on, on Isaac Haney, though. In fact, I think no, it was no. the one thing we had, yeah. one of the few things we had yeah. going for us. Yeah, that, you take Isaac Haney out, we lose by 40 points. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the, bit, that's the bit you can't agree with, that Haney lost us the game because he's one of the only ones who no, no, us. I think, I think what he means is he had, the, absolutely. He, he had the opportunity he, he to win, win the yeah, game. As yeah. in, we were right there. Yeah. And, but, and he, he's right. Yeah. He's right. But I like that he said, look to next week. It's probably something that... You know, I could, I, I and Why others don't we do that now? Look to next week. Why yeah, well, we, we will uh, after the break. But just before the break, we've got another segment. 
The this obscure swan. One that, Mads. Oh, this the is, can't believe you nearly swan. jumped the gun. This is my brainchild. And it's, and, uh, but it's my baby this week, so I'm pretty excited to uh, see how you fellas fare with uh, the candidate I've got for you. I reckon we're cooked, Benny. I reckon we're absolutely done. Yeah. All right. Originally from country... Sydney in the first quarter against Adelaide. <laughs> Originally from country Western Australia. He played for the Cookerin Dumble Young Cougars. I know it already. And, <laughs> and worked, worked on a farm as a young man. He nominated for the 1999 and 2000 AFL drafts, but was not selected. In 2001, he joined the South Fremantle Football Club in the Waffle and was drafted by the Sydney Swans late in the 2001 AFL draft at pick 74. Due to injuries to favoured Swans Ruckman, there's a clue, Jason Ball and Stephen Doyle early in the year, he made his debut in round one of the 2002 season. Any ideas, boys? When you said... Ruckmans were never ones that I focused on. (laughs) When you said Stephen Doyle, I was like, bloody hell, I thought it was going to be Stephen Doyle. Uh, Doyle was keeping him out of the side. If Stephen Doyle's keeping someone out of the side... They are very obscure. Very obscure. <laughs> Despite uh, playing 17 matches in 2002, he soon fell out of favour when he turned up to a training session overweight. He was then rookie listed by the Fremantle Dockers in 2003 without playing a senior game. He was given another chance at in the 2003 AFL draft, drafted by Carlton, but was delisted after only two games at the end of the 2004 season. He infamously missed what would have been a match-winning set shot in the dying stages against Essendon in 2002. That's oh. why he was playing for us. Final I moments. I am nowhere, Ben. Final yeah. moments, Essendon 2002. Big Ruckman has a chance to win the game for the Swannies. And he misses. You I know am... what? I reckon I can see the footage. Yeah, mind. same, same. I, I think yeah. I know. I think Mate, I remember. I reckon the game. I was there. <laughs> I legitimately reckon I was there. I reckon I can see the footage, but I am. I'm. I'm nowhere, Tommy. If I've, if can I've you give us some, a... give us more clues though? Yeah. This man's initials are R M. Oh, no, Reginald Murray Williams, it famous was, bootmaker. It was not the bootmaker, Reginald Murray. <laughs> uh, I don't know. R M. R. Uh, M. Ruckman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. This man is obscure. Yeah. He is slightly obscure. How I many games did he play? 17. I thought you might get 17. Uh, I think it was 17 for us and two for Carlton. Jesus but Christ. Can I find Did, did he play any games at 3 Didn't play any games at 3 He was Thank most famously on. remembered playing for us and missing that set shot that could have won us the game against Essendon in 2002. Is he in football at all now? Gee, I'm not sure. I'd have to. Check what he's doing <laughs> that, that these was days, Mr. RM. The trail went cold. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I am I'm, seriously Go on, Tommy. Put us out of our misery. Uh, Ricky Mott. Oh, yeah. Oh. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Ricky Mott. Ricky yeah, he Mott. was. He was overweight. He was. He was. Oh, God. Jeez. I remember him missing it, too. I see his face yep. so clearly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. And yes. Good one, Tommy. Thanks, boys. I oh, do remember him missing that goal. Big Ricky. <laughs> Couldn't get him out of my mind uh, this morning when I was trying to think of my obscure swan. I was 
thinking of a couple, but Ricky just kept coming back to me. So I'm back next week. Yep, it's Swear. on you again next week, Mads. And you can't use Luke Vogel. No, I because can't. you bloody push, you put it out there. You said, "Hey boys, have a guess what my bloody mate, next? Have a guess mate, what my next obscure swan mate, is? Luke Vogel's." Mate, there are plenty more obscure swans than Luke Vogel's. There's I'll a few to come. Much. <laughs> All right, let's go to our second break here on True Bloods. We'll be back with the preview of round six and the uh, big big game against Geelong down at GMHBA. We'll be back in a sec. This is True Bloods. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back to True Bloods. Um, we're just about to get into our... Did you know Nick Blakey kicks seven on the weekend? Well, that's good news. Seven. We like seven. <laughs> we don't yeah, mind Seven that. kicks or he kicks seven goals? Kicks seven goals. Don't mind that. Oh, that's, that's very good. Very Sorry good. to interrupt you. I just thought no, of no, no, necessary no. information. Mate, that's a, that's a good thing to interrupt me with. I'm very happy with that You've news. You've been sitting on that the entire way through. If you've, no, got, no. if you've got more of that up your sleeve, feel free to interrupt <laughs> me whenever you like. I'm Nick Blakey. Ooh, you like that. Um, yeah, come to us, Nick. Um, <laughs> round six against Geelong down at GMHBA Stadium Kedinia Saturday. Park. Kedinia Park, as they used to call it. One forty-five Saturday afternoon. It's a good uh, time slot. It is. Oh, it's cracking time. I don't mind it. Mm, don't mind a, a little bit of slot. Saturday Arvo footy. Traditionalist, footy traditionalist. Yes. We, we like that. Um, big game against the Cats. So, um, last... Joel, Joel Selwood out. Joel Selwood out. Is that One being, match. Is that uh, the uh, suspension? Yep. Right. Well, that's, that helps. That helps a lot. It does. Uh, still got Dangerfield, Duncan, Menengola, Menzel types to contend with. Um, but what I really like from Geelong this year is the uh, evolution of the Parfit, Hall and Smith, Jordan Murdoch, uh, Tim Kelly, Darcy Fogarty. Um, these, Fogarty. Fogarty. <laughs> uh, these types, they're becoming pretty effective for the Cats and that's a worry for us. Um, in the past, we've been able to just get on top of their best six or seven players and, and being able to get the job done that way. But uh, Geelong got on top of us last time we played them and now these new types well, are coming through. So I, it's a big challenge down there. I don't want to harp on about it, but you know the reason that the Cats stay so relevant is because they evolve with time and with personnel and they change the way they go about it. Yep. Completely agree, Mads. And that's it's what pretty they, cho- It's pretty topical. It is topical, in fact. You would and have that's thought, what they did to us in the semi-final. You would have thought without Ablett and Hawkins that they may have struggled to go over to Adelaide last week. and Hawkins beat, is done. Beat Port Adelaide by 34 points. But at the start of the year, you would have said, oh, gee, they're going over Adelaide. No Hawkins, no Ablett. You don't give them much of a chance. But 34 points, they did it easy. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. They, they're agile, versatile. And uh, we have to do that if we're going to beat them. I was particularly impressed with the Cats last weekend. Yes. Particularly impressed, especially given uh, very real criticism that uh, after their top sort of seven, eight players, they drop away badly. They've really got some some strength coming through. Horn Smith, as you mentioned, has been fantastic. I like... Um, Fogarty. Uh, Fogarty. Mm. Uh, Bugatti. <laughs> I'm a good lord. I'm a, I'm a 
big mental fan personally. The, uh, four knee recos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. I think. Actually, I think it's. I, I conveniently left that out, didn't I? I left. Uh, I left the SCG in a in a real real fuss. <laughs> Wasn't a happy. You're, you're a hot mess. Was that? Oh, I was a right hot, white hot mess. This is last Friday night. Last Friday night. So I made my way from the SCG to Oxford Street, a Naturally. popular, a popular night strip, prominent yeah. area, prominent area, after dark in Sydney. Until about and, until a certain uh, time. <laughs> I won't make any comments about time, but um, uh, first place we went into the Imperial in walks one Alex Johnson. Ah, the great man, the greatest. Just say hello. I was afraid that if I did, I'd become a yeah, a fan girl. Fan girl. And, oh, yeah. oh my god, you're my favourite player. Please, can I have a photo? Oh, oh it's gonna be so funny. Now, now do this with your hand. No. <laughs> yeah, go on. Okay, no, you don't do it. I'll just point to you. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh my god, thank you so much. Tell me, so how's your knee? How's your knee? <laughs> How's it coming along? Yeah, good stuff, mate. Yeah, Honestly. Do you get on the park this year? Me and all my mates are actually so keen for you to get back out there. Like, you wouldn't believe it. I'm actually on a podcast. And, yeah, and like, come and meet my friends. Come and meet my friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. But anyway, to go back to the cats. Um, yeah, look. Honestly, I have been quite impressed with them this year. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep, they're uh, going to be a, they're going to be a real battle. Uh, Stanley um, is the one that I just still Stanley and Blixarves were yeah. pretty dominant against. Yeah, Port. but I just still don't really rate Stanley. I don't I rate think either he's of a them. Massive flash. No, I rate Blixarves. Oh, I don't. I rate Blixarves. They're both great the athletes. Mm. They're both great athletes, and I guess they do what going to make Cal's life hard. It will. It will. Well, that's all, more, all the more reason to bring Cameron in to support him. Yep. I like Guthrie's younger brother. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Well. Zach. Zach's, yep. great. Zach's great. He's a goer. Yeah, gives it a crack. What did you think of? Um, talk about that that game. What did you think of Lindsay Thomas's hit? I'm just curious. What do you think of Lindsay Thomas being selected at all? Yeah, well, there's that, and then there's what I personally have always felt about Lindsay Thomas, <laughs> and I won't, I won't put myself in uh, in a damaging position there. But I am not a fan of Lindsay Thomas. Oh, I don't Never think you're, been. don't think you're alone there. I yeah. I'll, I'll reserve those comments for uh, <laughs> off the air. For off the air. <laughs> um, but, so, Not that they're unsavoury. No. They're just they're they're strong. Yeah, right. They're strong. He he uh, elicits a strong response from people. He does. He does. And as I said, they're not unsavoury. They're just honest. Strong and honest. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, the, way, the way played on Saturday night maybe should have taken the offer to play at North Heidelberg. Instead of uh, <laughs> going for that, another year, you could moving everything to Adelaide. You could get away with all of it. Anyway, yeah. never mind. Uh, yeah. last I, time, I digress. Last time we played the Cats. Yeah, I don't want to dig up any old wounds. We, we have to a little bit. Unfortunately, let's face it. The obvious move that was made that really threw out the balance was Dangerfield. Dangerfield forward. ramps yeah. left on his own one on one. Who was? The right man to go to him, but didn't have the support that he needed. Correct. Uh, but you look at the other matchups. Blitzarves went straight to Kennedy. Uh, Sowell went to Parker. Look, as you said, Mads, they just took a, 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 took a strategic risk. approach yeah. and said, you know what, we're going to force an action. Yep. And uh, as we said, there wasn't much action. That 
without dwelling on that though, of late we've had a spectacular record. We have of going down, going down to the, the cataway. The second category. home. We were the first. The second home. <laughs> we had a seriously convincing win, and there is a reason why we were here in Jack went outright favourites yeah. in that uh, in that semi final. Because we obliterated them. Have done a number on them yep. down at that ground. Absolutely. We were the it first was... ones to win there in 15 it's about, It was about years. that, 15 years, yeah. around yeah. that sort of mark. I'd have to check to be exact, but it was around that There mark. was a lot of games. Yep. and uh, No one had gone down there. And that was the Joe and McVeigh game. It was. Yeah. It was. Um, and then... I remember Gary, my man Gary, yes. charging off yeah. half-back yes. and absolutely slotting one from about 50. <laughs> it Matt... was spectacular. And everyone was just going, yeah. this kid's going to be yeah. amazing. And I still think you are, Gary, just for the record, mate. There was also that other game where Kieran Jack was in the media the whole of the week for yep. his family feud yep. and he came, he kicked three or something, yep. didn't he? Played an absolute blinder. That was a, that was a dominant them. performance from the boys yep. that night. The, the game um, with the McVeigh game with little Luella's passing um, down in Geelong, I think it was 2011, that game. Yes. Remember we had Matt Spanger out yep. of the goal square? I don't want to talk about that. I don't, I don't want to talk about him either, but the role that he played is the one that we're missing at the moment. We need that just Correct. half decent, tall, big yeah, body who can just take crack a mark in and kick a goal forward. from twenty meters out. Yeah. Mm. Need one of those. We do. Put McCartan and Cameron both in. Yep, get them both. Put in. them both in. Both. Both. <laughs> both. I'm not. Yeah. I know. I know. On the run sheet here, it says McCartan versus Cameron. No, but as far as both. I'm concerned, both of them in. Yeah. Who 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 goes out? Hanabry. Hanabry. Yep. Definitely. Um, Tommy. Oh, arguably, oh, gee, arguably a marsh, maybe. Oh, no, I, I reckon marsh he, keeps his spot. I don't think he can drop Harry the way that he was able to adjust himself <sighs> to our back six. And I'm just kind of part of it. I'm just trying to look at it as a from the perspective of who is last on the list. Yeah. Well, yeah, last in, first out. If you look yeah. at, I know this is probably what you base selection on, but if I go to AFL fantasy points for the last. Last round, the bottom two for us were Hanbury with 54 and Kieran Jack with 39. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not dropping Jack, though. Yeah. No, no, no. Florent 54 is next. And I'm not dropping him either. That's the thing. And this is why, for me, it's, yeah, it's why Marsh. Some... <laughs> I know that Marsh has yeah. had, a, that had a great game, but it comes back to players that I consider core players and fringe players. Yes. And, and Marsh is, is a fringe player. Marsh is a fringe player. Yes. Ollie Florent is no longer a fringe Ollie's player. In. Ollie's in. Ollie is in. And he's Agreed. doing his job. So but for is, mine, yeah, for mine, that, that, you know, thank God, thank God I'm not an AFL coach. Uh, okay, but, so... Do you know how Aaliyah went? I haven't heard. Do you know, Tommy? Oh, I'm not sure. Haven't, okay. haven't uh, checked in look. on Aaliyah. Yeah, if, Find out uh, details. That'd be fantastic. The oh, um, if Jack goes out, then you would say that possibly a Cunningham has to assume his role in the forward pocket, or Papley has to spend less time in the midfield and spend more time deep in that forward pocket slot. If Jack goes out of the side, yeah, I mean, because I think I think it's pretty. T- I reckon that's pretty tough. On Kieran. Yeah, yeah it, it, it really is. It really is quite tough. I, he's quite comfortable at our second home, as you've mentioned, Tom. He's a part of the leadership group as well. And 
for mine, very, very stiff. That that one there. So is it a Cunningham? Is it a Marsh? We've got to make a call. If we're bringing both of the big boys in, if both Cameron and McCartan come into the side this week, we're saying Hanabry's the definite one. It, ha- we've got it to, has got to, make to be Hanabry. You can't... Yeah, no, but then... It's, it's Hanabry and who? Hanabry and who? Yeah, who? but... Well, Marsh. Oh, it's stiff on Harry. Marsh. It's stiff on whichever one comes out, but if we feel that the structural imbalance but will, 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 needs will, to be addressed... But will they even drop Hanabry? We might see the same 22 run out. Well, we're, I'm, we're not... I'm, I'm inclined to think that will probably happen. I'm hoping it doesn't. So am I. I'm hoping it doesn't. But it will... It will be systematic of everything that's wrong with us at the moment if the same 22 guys run out onto that field. But regard- Hanabry shouldn't be there. Regardless of selection, we can't allow what happened last time. They targeted our best players, as you mentioned before, Benny. They hunted us, uh, and while we were beaten in the middle, it was probably what was more damaging was the way that they used Dangerfield to draw the focus of our back six, and then they were able to exploit them with deep entries to other avenues that were left unattended, which we've spoken about we need to find a way to do that in our game. That was what Geelong did so well in the semi-final last year. Maybe it's time for us to start targeting the opposition's prime movers. Maybe it's time to give the opposition something to think about with some dangerous forward targets, get on the front foot instead of waiting for the game to come to us like we have in the past. Yep. Yep. This is... this is. Horse. I want to see Kennedy at full forward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to like see it. Something like that. Kennedy centre-half. Yeah. Get, get, Kennedy yeah. goes straight down to Harry Taylor and he just grabs him by the jumper. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what we you want. Gives him one of these ones. And Buddy walks into the middle for the centre bounce. Yes. Get him. That's, get them all excited about their new roles. Berserk. I love it. I but love that, it. that's how people find form. Yeah. Give them a chance. Give them a chance to prove mm. themselves in a, in a role that they want to play in. Yeah. Um, He's got a dangerous nous for the goals, Joey Kennedy. He does. He always knows where they are. I would love to see him in the forward line. And that's the other thing about Bud in the midfield. It's one kick away yeah. from Kennedy and Sinkers. But, but you, it's one, one kick pre- away from Buddy and, kicking a goal. Or, also, or just yeah, go over their heads. Yeah. Just dob it. With the reliability of Jared McVeigh coming out of defence and Jake Lloyd. Dane Rampey. Dane Rampey as well. Callum Mills, my man. Swing. Yep. Send him yep. up forward. Yep. You want another tall target? Bang. Strong overhead. Kicks kicks true. Well, that's the thing about Mills and Heaney as well. They're, they're so versatile. They can play any position on the ground. We have to utilise that yeah. every week. That just needs to be utilised every week. Wherever there's a problem, you've got to put one of Mills or Heaney there. You can't just leave things to flow yep. when you've got the opportunity to fix it with one of those guys. Very impressive that you've got these kids who have only been playing for a couple of years and they are... That's the thing. Pivotal. For, for Ollie Florence to be in the best 22, no doubt, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say probably our three most effective players would be Franklin, Heaney, and Mills. Yep. Currently. Yeah. Agreed. So we need to use them. We need Agreed. to use them to win the game. Yeah. Mm. Um, so tips for, for this one? Oh, I'm back. I'll probably do back to uh, back the Cats down at Continue Park. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Swans, I think, all round. It'll be pretty challenging, though. It's going to be, it's going to be a tight one. It is going sure. to be a tight one. Because, let's face it, they absolutely did a number on us. Selwood out helps. Helps It a does. Lot. And I think, I hope, I hope that there is some serious sting in the tail after, after what was a very ordinary performance. I want to see a lot of pushing and shoving. I want to see Jonesy. Yeah. I want Jonesy getting very physical. Yep. 
very, very physical, and I want him to be the focal point yep. as such. And I want him to see if we can maybe even just draw a few Cats players into that. Uh, for mine, it is the Swans by four goals in what will be quite a rough bruising contest. Yeah. I'm just relying on a tight one with a bit of sting in the tail, uh, given our efforts last Would there week. needs to be a solid response. Doesn't it? But the, res- the response, you know, winning the game can be a response, but there needs to be a physical response in the first quarter of the game. That The first quarter needs to be absolutely scintillating and unforgiving football. From the Sydney Swans. Yep, needs to be manic, yeah. just like you said. Just yep. manic. Follow, the word. Yep. follow Jonesy's lead and be manic, all of you. Yep. And take the game it, on. Wouldn't it be a response from Horse if at the opening bounce, when Paddy Dangerfield goes out there into that centre square and just gets ready for that opening bounce, Buddy Franklin lines yeah. up right next to him, and there's a one-on-one Dangerfield versus Franklin at the first bounce. I'd love Huge. to see that. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Hopefully, hopefully. I've been saying we we have been saying this for a while, Mads. We have, Tommy. We need to get you on the coaching panel. <laughs> Johnny Blakey, move down the bench. <laughs> we can't do that. We won't get Nick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, look, I've I, look. It's a it's a weird position that we're in right now. I feel it's tough to tip. It's tough it, to tip it, after the back of. Coming off the back of last week. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say us by 10 points. Yep. It's going to be close. I'll say we get away in the first half and we win by 25. Happy right. with that. Yep. The old oh, quarter well, century. We get it done in the first half and then the longer chasing us. But you very seldom just get it done. Just get it done. Yeah. The park, though. Just happen. Just make it happen. You've, get the win. Mm. Tips uh, for the other games this round. Western Bulldogs taking on Carlton. 7.50pm Friday. Doggies for me. Uh, it is the doggies for mine also. A very spirited effort from Carlton. It was. It yep. was. A very spirited effort. Uh, I was I was really impressed. I only, admittedly, only saw the highlights, uh, but everyone is singing their praises, and from what I saw, they actually mm. looked pretty good. Yep. Really looked a long, long way from where they have been these yeah. last couple of rounds. And that's on the back of some scathing criticism of their coach. Well, and... and- Possibly, Which a, I actually possibly that uh, scathing criticism brought about the forced change of Harry Mackay and suddenly you stick a 200-centimetre bloke in the goal square and what does he do? He kicks four <laughs> and he keeps in the game. So How good. Things to learn from that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, but, the, yeah, Blue's much more competitive. And, jeez, oh, I'm tipping the dogs. I, di- I did just dismiss them very quickly, Carlton. But if they can bring the same sort of intensity uh, to this game as they did last week, you've got to give them a chance with the Bulldogs coming back from Perth. Um, but I'm, I am just going to lean slightly towards the dogs. I'm tipping the Blues. The Blues. They're going to win. You know, what, I'm, gonna win you know what, I'm, I'm giving it to the Blues as well. Actually, I'm, tell, I'm turning around in a in a tight one. Absolutely, but I love the Blues. Yeah, I so really do, I. do. I really like them as a club. So I. Uh, I will never forgive the Bulldogs for yeah, you know taking what? away you know twenty sixteen. I'm going the Blues as well. well oh, we're, all, we're all going the Blues. Tommy, the don't blues. don't tell me that you're about to turn back. No, 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 none of that, none of that. But uh, just for this you've done it once. You've done it once. North Melbourne versus Port Adelaide, two ten p.m. Saturday afternoon. North, north, north are on fire. Yeah, Port can't beat a After top all side. the crap we've given them, Benny, they're, they're, it's joined in the chorus. Big Ben, oh, joined in the chorus. 
I won't be. I, I shall not be because uh, I'm not a fan of the of the North Melbourne Kangaroos. But um, yeah, I, I'm. They were great. They were I'm great. On Mate, Port were just embarrassed on their home deck. Embarrassed. But they can't beat a top four side. North are in the top four at the moment. Never can. <laughs> <laughs> they can't beat a top four side. They can't do it. It can't be a top eight side. It's not going to be oh, North. That is, that is hilarious. A, because North are in the top four. And they beat us because we're ninth. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, it's it's Port Adelaide for mine. In, uh, in Ed- at Eddie Hud. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Um, four, four goals for mine. GWS versus... Oh, wait, did you do your tip, Tommy? Uh, wait and Brown to kick 10 between yep. them. North cool. by six goals. No worries at all. Um, Brisbane and the Giants. Uh, GWS pretty comfortably for mine. I don't think there's much that Brisbane can do to uh, give and themselves a chance. Can I just say one thing? Two things, two words. Charlie Cameron. Yeah. He, I, I don't think Brisbane will win, but what a pick-up. He's, he's a very he's handy player. Very handy So player. good for he, them. Hard and, and soul when, of it. And when he went back there... I thought, you know what, very, very flashy player, but doesn't deliver multiple goals yeah. week in, week out. Yep. When he does, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, but it's, Something it's to rare. Yeah. Well, he had to be but a, he's been fantastic he's this been season. Great. He, has, he has really he's lit a fire. He's absolutely lit a fire with them. I know they haven't gotten a win yet, but they're close. At Adelaide, he had to be such a support act with the likes of Walker and Jenkins and Betts and Lynch, Lynch and, and McGovern and all these sort of He's the star of the show he now. He is the star and he's loving yep. it. He's relishing it. So uh, we, we like Charlie Cameron's work. But GWS Giants by a good uh, 10 goals. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll go same. 10 goals. Agreed. Giants. Uh, Hawthorne versus St Kilda, 7.25pm Saturday. St Kilda gave it a crack last week against the Giants. Nearly got the four points, but they didn't. Um, Hawthorne... Should just get over the line here. They'll bounce back after what was an yep. ordinary week, ordinary game on uh, Sunday. Yeah, quality side. Clarko been... will not that, let that happen again. We yeah. Well, Clarko out coached. Mm. Yeah, bang out coached in the first quarter. Yep, rare. Nine goals, six. I think they kicked in the first quarter. North. I, if I, 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 may, I may be incorrect. By but, Brad um, Scott, and he's had a lot of criticism come his way over the years. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it is Hawthorne for mine, pretty comfortably. Yes. Yep. Uh, Adelaide versus Gold Coast, Adelaide Oval, 7.10pm Saturday. This will be a thrashing. The cool, crisp air of the Adelaide Oval. They will run out, they will breathe it in, and they will <laughs> absolutely belt the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, Essendon versus, versus Melbourne, 1.10pm Sunday. Tough to tip this one because we haven't seen either of these sides play yet. Essendon is on Wednesday. Melbourne is tomorrow night, Tuesday night. I reckon they're both such garbage football clubs. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a reason to tip the other side here. I said, I said last week I wasn't going to tip Melbourne until they beat a good side, but Essendon's not a good side, so I'm going to tip Melbourne. <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh, oh. this is a pretty tough game to uh, to pick. But yeah, oh, look, I pr- Melbourne. I don't like Essendon, so I'm just going to do the days. Yeah, it's Melbourne. Uh, Collingwood, Richmond, three twenty p.m. Sunday. Again, we haven't seen Richmond. either of these sides yet. Richmond, Richmond. I am interested to see what Collingwood can do on Anzac Day. But I reckon they'll beat Essendon. Oh, I think that Collingwood will, and this is coming from me. Will absolutely belt, isn't it? From yeah. pillar to post. 
Agreed. And they'll give themselves give themselves a good chance, I would say, uh, Sunday three twenty against Richmond. But Tigers should get it done. Who would have thought twelve months ago we'd be so confidently tipping Richmond to win matches? Yeah, yeah. I know. What a pisses what a, me off. What a, what a world we yeah. live in. A bit disturbing. <laughs> and then we got the derby. Yeah, this is the huge. derby. This is huge. The Freeman, derby derby. Fremantle are in awesome nick. The West Coast uh, top team on the ladder, best team in the comp at the moment. The Weagles. This is massive game. This is game of the round. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be the Eagles. I love that we have football every day except Thursday. Yep. Yeah. From here <laughs> forward. This is so good. <laughs> How good is this? Anyway. Uh, what a time to be alive. Is, yeah, what a time to be alive. I've been loving Freo. Yeah. Ever since too. ever since they, they've turned around a bit of a shonky start. Fife and Sanderland yeah. are back. Fife. They're back. I love Nat Fife. He's unreal. He's I've always loved him. And the big man. The big man is just giving them first use. Fifey and Neil, they're getting it every single time off yep. Sandlands. It's, uh, it's Freo for mine. But it's Nick Nat who's going up against the big man for yeah. the West Coast Eagles. It's and weird. he's it's in pretty good Nick too. <laughs> and I, I love what West Coast have been doing. They probably... West Coast supporters would think that they probably should have beaten us in round one. If they had been able to restrict Buddy to less than eight, then they probably would have. But you can't. But you can't. And you didn't. Because he's on fire, cause, and they didn't. Uh, but I've been loving what they've been doing since. Uh, their game against the Bulldogs, I thought they were fantastic. Oh, a little bit. Um, they weren't at their best against Carlton last week, but they no. did what needed to be done, and that's what good sides do when they're challenged. <laughs> um, West Coast, for me, just. But this is going to be a beauty. It'll be under 10 points. Yeah, again, I respect everything you're saying. I'm just loving the role that the Purple Haze yeah, are yep, on. It's good. Yep. I am absolutely loving it. And for mine, I I think it's going to be very, very tight. But yep. I'll go with the team that I prefer. Cannot I wait to see the Sandy versus Nick. Yeah, that's, it's going to be good. That's the matchup. We haven't around. seen it for a while. Yep. We haven't seen it, it you know, both, fly, both flying as they are. We haven't seen yep. it for a very long time. Cannot wait. Well, that is the round of matches for round six in the AFL. And this has been True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. And that is it. For another week, calm the mighty bloods for this Saturday Arvo against Geelong, 145 at GMHBA Stadium, Cadinia Park. at its finest, Saturday Arvo. And make sure you check us out on all the social channels, iTunes, Wooshcar, Facebook, and Instagram. Are we on on Spotify yet? We will be soon. We'll get get on there too. I hope so. All the other social channels you can think of. Thanks to Madison Clark and Ben Andrew for being here once again. Good on you, Tommy. Always good to be here, Tommy. My name is Tommy Flanagan. It's been a pleasure once again. We'll see you next week on True Bloods. Up the Swannies. This has been a Podular Media Production.